get into geek. We are talking movies, TV, games, comics, all the like today. This is movies, and we are talking Marvel, the MCU, and the first entry for 2019. Finally welcoming a female superhero to the lead role of their movie. One of us is extremely happy. All of us are happy. but one She's of us, my namesake. That's Maddie. I'm Mitch. we got Lincoln. G'day, g'day. Welcome to Get Into Geek. We are talking Captain Marvel. And we're not talking about me this time. Only today. We are going to talk about this in all spoilery detail in a little bit. I just do want to wrap up at the start here, just in case you just want to look-see about what we're thinking about Let's this movie. Our ass with a there, Mitchell. Give you a little bit of a reaction, yes, how we felt. No spoilers involved. We'll give you a clear cut when we're going to start talking spoilers so you can tap out and you can go see the movie and come back and uh, talk spoilers with us. Of course, it's going to be a one-way conversation because we're talking, you're listening, but uh, you'll get it. So, Captain Marvel, Maddie, you're the one most excited about this, and that's not to say anything against Lincoln and I's uh, hype for the film at all. You are just the one that happened today to bring in five, five, six? Six. Six mini-mates of, uh, of Captain Marvel. Various so, Captain Marvel. Various Captain... That's, that's what I mean. You're clearly the most excited one <laughs> in the room. You've got various mini-mates of different Captain Marvels. Mm. Your thoughts, non-spoilers of the film. Go. I really enjoyed it. I was a bit worried going in because, you know, there's been a lot of probably forced controversy about the the marketing campaign for it. You know, mm. there's a lot of butthurt chauvinists and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, they're ruining it. So this was just as worries, blah, blah, blah. But the marketing itself, putting all that aside, the marketing itself did me a little bit worried. Yeah. But the actual story that was told was, I think, a very different story to what we were led to believe was going to happen from the trailers. Mm. So I was a little bit cautious going in, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed it more than Doctor Strange. I enjoyed it more than, I think, probably the back half of Homecoming. Mm. Both movies of which I closed my eyes for a little bit. Um, whereas <laughs> Maddie, this, Maddie is a big sleeper. I am. I'm yeah. bad. If you, you can't hold my attention, I will doze off. <laughs> and actually, when we saw it last night, I'd actually had a fairly long day at work and I didn't have a chance to go home and have a nap before the movie. I was wide awake through this whole thing. Mm. I really enjoyed myself. I think there's room to grow. I think Brie Larson was maybe a little bit wooden in a couple of moments compared to Carol Danvers that I've seen before, like in cartoons and all that kind of stuff. But having said that, I'm more familiar with Carol Danvers as Ms. Marvel. I've mm. not read any of the comics, and she was relaunched as Captain Marvel in, like, what, 2012? Yeah, 2011, I think mean, rec- yeah, recently. Yeah, I sure. haven't really read any of those comics, so mm. I'm more familiar with her as, as Ms. Marvel, Carol Danvers. But she had a lot of the wisecracking that I wanted. I maybe wanted, you know, maybe this would be a good time for Joss Whedon to come back and just put a little polish on things, you know, to do that little quippy, you know, stuff that he's really good at, mm. you know, the Buffy style. But having said that, and no spoilers for the film, given where she's been, what she's been doing, she couldn't really be very pop culture quippy. She mm. couldn't be doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So, but I think there's room to grow. Like if you compare Thor in Thor 1 to Thor Ragnarok, so much growth, yeah. such a different character. So I'm, I'm hoping to see that with um, Captain Marvel as well. Give mm. her give her a place to go. So as a origin-ish, like she kind of, I guess you, you could know, say that, introducing yeah, it in, in, a lot of ways. In, in a film. Yeah, it was good. I mean, maybe I wish they'd kind of reversed it and did what they did with um, Spider-Man. And it's like Spider-Man, they dropped for a little bit in Civil War. Mm. And then he got his kind of origin, but we'd already gone past that little bit for Homecoming. Maybe that could have worked, but I'm not mad at it. No. It was fine. Like, you know, little tweaks here and there I would have made, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, see, when uh, at the end of Avengers Infinity War Part 1... Um, well, I guess it's Infinity War because the next one's Endgame. But I think, personally, I had no idea what that was. I don't. Ah. I can't speak for Mitch or anyone else that was in the cinema. But personally, I had no idea what that was. 
and I remember your reaction. Yeah. You are frothing. And you're oh, like, yeah. you know what that means, right? And I'm like, yeah, no, I have no idea. <laughs> and you had to tell me. And you're like, Captain Marvel. I'm like, who? Mm. I, I mean, I've, I've heard the name, but I don't know anything about it. So that was the only little breadcrumb. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, the only reason I, I know a decent amount about her is because she was introduced to me through the X-Men. Um, in the X-Men cartoons and that kind of oh, stuff. I was about to say, what part of the movies? She was like a superhero and Mystique... Uh, who was actually Rogue's mother when Rogue was still a bad guy? Mystique convinced Rogue, who just had her power absorbing power, to hold on to Ms. Marvel for too long, put Ms. Marvel into a coma. I did watch that. And that's how Rogue gets all her flight, Flying super strength, all that kind of stuff, because she actually permanently absorbed some of Carol Danvers' powers. So that was my introduction to Ms. Marvel. And then it kind of grew from there as, as you know, the character expanded. I saw that episode. So good. Now that you've said it, I saw <laughs> so that episode. Good. Yeah. Yes. So that really excites me too, given that, you know, there's talk of now that Fox is owned by Disney and they will eventually bring the mutants into it. We have a potential of in 10 or 15 years when Captain Marvel's run her time, much in the same way, you know, Iron Man and Captain America are looking to be wrapping up now. It's like we could start with a, with a, um, Anna Paquin rogue. Yes. And then in 10 years time, she could grab onto Brie Larson, absorb Brie Larson's powers, put Brie Larson in a coma. And we've got the rogue that we've seen from the 90s cartoon. (laughs) Like, but um, as far as, as you said, origin stories went for this, I, I loved how, um, this is a kind of movie that it, it covers the story for the, for the, for the diehard fans, but also for the newcomers. Mm. Now I myself love everything Marvel. So I'm not essentially a newcomer in that, in that arena, but with Captain Marvel, I am, but my girlfriend is, she is such a newcomer when it comes to Marvel films in general. And once we saw this film, she walked out wanting to watch every Marvel film possible. Oh, that's goes, so cute. If they're as good as that, I want to see more. That I did not know they were that cool. And she goes, it was funny. It was relatable. And, I, and she's saying, I loved this, 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 which all, is all the stuff we're going to discuss. But she, was, she left frothing on the movie. I was frothing on the action, the effects, the storyline as it was, and the humor. She was loving how strong they portrayed, uh, you know, she was as a character, but also... You know, she had her vulnerability, she had her struggles, but all these different bits and pieces, everyone can so- can enjoy this, I feel. Yeah, I did my review on air, on the uh, breakfast show I work with, and one of the hosts, now none of the, none of the guys that I work with are particularly into even a superhero anything. It's only whether it's Marvel or, or particular characters, but just not into that genre of movie, which is fine. But especially Susie, she's the only female on the show, and she said to me afterwards, oh, do you think I would like it? She says... And I'm like, well, you're not really into these these movies, are you? And she said, no, I'm not. But maybe now, Susie, by no stretch of the imagination, is some like far right wing feminist or anything. But she said, do you think maybe I would like it because it is a woman lead, and and maybe that would just give me that extra sort of step into the world? Mm. And I said, well, you know what? It is pretty crazy. Like it is about an alien race taking on another alien race that bring a war to earth and there's lots of superpowers and special effects and cgi blah 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 going on but i'm like it's actually probably not too bad of a gateway movie into the Mm. franchise much the same way as ash one of the other guys in the show does not like superhero movies can't send super comics it's all for nerds geeks blah 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 loves iron man (laughs) <laughs> so whenever I the whole point of getting a geek right yes. my my idea of getting a geek is not just hey we're all geeks only listen if you're a geek is you know what you probably are a little bit of a geek you just don't know it because mm-hmm. Ash denies that he likes 
supernatural stuff. Mm. Denizi likes fantasy stuff. Loves Game of loves Thrones. Loves Game of Thrones. Yes. Right? Well, held um, off on Game of Thrones for ages, yeah, and now he's like, and he binge like four seasons fans. in a couple of weeks and a holiday. Yeah. Does not like superhero movies. Loves Iron Man. Mm. And I'm like, well, you, you're, you're kind of there. You know, like, okay, there's a big difference between, say, watching Iron Man 1 and then watching Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man in Infinity War. Yeah. I understand that. But Iron Man 1's a great gateway. Now, Lincoln yes. and I, our parents would not have seen any of these movies. But if we were to sit down and go, can we show you what we love about this franchise? I would absolutely start, not only because it was the first one made, but because it's a great gateway drug is... Iron Man 1. Sit down and watch this. It's very grounded. A lot of real-world effects in it as well. It's very simple, short, small story in a way. But it was such a great movie that birthed this franchise. So I think this has the same effect, but for a lot of other different reasons. And yeah. they're completely different films. Yep. Um, I was mm. like you, Matty. I, while you were probably taken by the character and, and the idea of the movie a lot, which I was too, I wasn't hit by the trailers at all. Like Almost until the, I think the... Th- third or uh, the third main trailer I'm like finally this is one that's actually got me excited because I love these Marvel movies I love every time there's one coming out I can't read about or listen to enough stuff about these films being made you know who's being cast who's going to direct it release dates shooting schedules what the editing's like anything give me more the first trailer for this came out and I'm like ah cool second trailer full trailer I'm like eh Whatever. <laughs> Third one, I'm like, finally, it's just, it's just different cut. Maybe they used different style of music. Mm. It was more focused on a particular brand of the humor than the rest. I don't know what it was, but it took me a long time. And usually I'm like out there watching a heap of other movies in the franchise to get involved. I didn't have that urge to go back and watch anything. Obviously, Captain Marvel hasn't so far been in the franchise. There's no backstory to catch up on. But usually I would just watch a couple of them just to sort of get in the mood. I might have watched Guardians because (laughs) a lot of what happens in Captain Marvel, no spoilers, not even paid off in Guardians, but stuff about Captain Marvel and, and the it's universe in that same she's realm, set in. So yeah, to speak. Guardians delve into that sort of that that mm. same world as well. So I might have watched that as almost like the the sequel that wasn't. Didn't do any of that. Didn't have any great urge. Didn't feel like I'd even missed out on doing any anything about that. But I go and watch this. I'm excited. I love Brie Larson. I remember calling on her to be this character for like 12 months before she won the Oscar. I remember tweeting that day going, Marvel, please announce her already. I know that you've already cast her. Just <laughs> And like within a month or two, they've actually finally revealed, yep, she's going to be Captain Marvel. And I really did enjoy the movie as well. I like. Mm-hmm. I, I I really had a good time. I feel it, it's a very safe movie. It 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 is very much. And I know that we're twenty one movies in, so you kind of you know you get the idea and you get the feel and you're used to the the Marvel way. It's it's very Marvel by numbers. Yeah. The way the story is told, the 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 pacing of it, the humor, like. In many respects, all of their movies are exactly the same. Some of them just stand out more because they are in different... Like Winter Soldier, I feel, stands out a little bit more. Um, I, with you guys last night, that was my second time watching the movie. And so I've never done that before in my life, ever went to the cinemas and watched the same movie twice in a 24-hour period. (laughs) Um, I can understand if if people come out of this and don't like it, but I had a lot of people asking me before my review uh, on radio yesterday, hey... I've heard some horrible things about this. And I'm like, no, no, it's actually pretty good. And then someone else goes, geez, I've heard some really bad feedback. And I'm like, you know what? Mm. I can understand if someone comes out and goes, man, it didn't really do it for me. Oh, I didn't really like it at all. But if you, it's it's unfathomable to come out of this and go, that was an awful movie. It's yeah. not an awful movie like, at all. It's very well made. A lot of stuff is very good about it. The Samuel Jackson, Brie Larson chemistry is Fantastic. like... 
out of control. This is their second movie together. Um, they obviously presented an Oscar the other week um, at the Academy Awards together. Third, I think. Is it third? Yeah, you're right. What's their other one? Because they had Kong. It's Kong, and there's one before that. They just seem like they get along really well. You can't fake chemistry. No. I know they're actors, but there's so much of Captain Marvel that is just... It's it's almost the first buddy cop film in mm. the yeah, entire MCU. Yeah, very, very buddy cop And that's where it. it's at its strongest for me, is just them two in a room shooting the shit at each other. Yep. Reacting mm. to lines. <clears throat> so for that, and we'll get into a lot of other details with spoilers, but I think, yeah, just it just for me, it didn't... It's not that it was bad. It just it didn't hit any great heights because it just felt very safe and a little bit too Marvel by numbers, the formula that you've come to know and love or accept it just it's another Marvel movie. Hardly enough, it's called Captain Marvel. Like if anything yeah. was gonna be the Marvel formula, it's a movie that's called Marvel. Just to cover off on it before we go, um it's their fourth film together. Okay, wow. So they did Fast of the Penguins in two thousand and six. Okay, wow, I didn't remember that. How Great did that film. happen? Great film. Uh Unicorn Store in twenty seventeen and Kong Skull Island in So this is their second film together, uh, as I was saying. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. I've never heard of Unicorn Store. No. And who would mate, if, if anyone out there can name me all of Samuel Jackson's films? Power to well you. Done. I'm gonna call you a liar. Yeah. And that or you're on IMDb, because that guy makes like twenty movies a year. Yeah. He's had the most incredible career in He'll Hollywood. He'll say yes to anything. Yeah. I think one or two more, like you know, needle drops, and this and Captain Marvel could have given Guardians of the Galaxy a run for its money on best soundtrack. The soundtrack I, yeah. in this film, good yeah. soundtrack. Actually, awesome. you know what? something we'll get into in the spoilers. Yeah. I, I would really love to add to this. But there was yeah, good there was one song that was so good it distracted me because I was singing along <laughs> in the cinema. I wasn't actually paying attention to the scene between Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson on the screen because I was singing along to the track that was going on. Yeah, underneath. I remember that. You know, that's actually the other thing. What I was saying before is I think the. Um, while I didn't enjoy a lot of the trailers as much as I wanted to, uh, being let down by the marketing, I think the movie itself was let down by the marketing because, like you said, mm. I don't care about the old fuddy duddies that go, "Oh, that's a that's a woman superhero," or she's not smiling enough in the posters. Go f- yourself, honestly. Yeah. Someone raised a great point when someone came out and complained. She does what? She can't smile on the poster. It's like give me one movie in the MCU where the male hero is smiling. Yeah. You know, Captain America fighting Nazis. Yeah. He's not smiling, give, you know. Give me one Aliens promo poster where Ripley is smiling. Yeah. <laughs> like... It, like, go f*** yourselves, honestly. Yeah. Anyone complaining about the most basic bullshit, whether it be sexist or misogynist shit, go f*** yourselves. But, and apologies to any parents listening to this in the car with yeah. the kids. Um, but the marketing really set it up as being... Hey, she's a girl. Did you know yeah. she's a girl? Wow, a woman superhero. Yeah. It's like Marvel. We get it. You've been around for 21 movies in 11 years, and you finally, after having a female character, lead character essentially, in your, what, third film, you've never given her the light of day as far as a big yeah. you know, screen presence. Um, you're finally doing it. Uh, no, 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 little... but she's a woman. She's a girl. Did you know? And then it was like the the fr- future, you know, shot, 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 text. Begins, shot, 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 action, action, action with her and then her becomes a hero, hero. Yeah. and it's like oh my yeah. god I get it yeah she's a girl she's a woman that's not what this it's not going to be about Who that cares? and then you go and watch the movie it is it's not that and it's not like no. they're afraid of it it's being so, that so so far removed from that where they nothing was over they didn't need to overprove yeah. anything mm. and you can nothing. literally in the in the weeks leading up to Captain Marvel you can literally go onto YouTube and watch hundreds of hours of these you know just Guys just really, I don't know, threatened by the idea of it and <laughs> calling so them all, oh, all these social justice warriors are ruining Marvel. Oh, oh Marvel's dead to me, blah, up. blah, blah, blah. 
because of this marketing mm. campaign. And it's just like, yeah, the first marketing... it was a coloured person, and now it's a woman. What are oh, we going to do? Oh, oh, there's not enough white people on the screen. It's like my daddy and his daddy before him. They had spit on me. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> shove it up your ass. Yep. I, I didn't find any of that in this movie. There was a couple of really fun moments. Mm. That were period specific, like period appropriate for 1995, mm. with the whole men versus women kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I didn't find it really preachy or trying to push things over the, over no. the top. Certainly not um, preachy. Yeah. Not not to the level of like Supergirl does it. Supergirl does it mm. with just like, oh, relax, guys, we get it. Yeah, and but Supergirl, um, I think it, Supergirl nails a lot of things. What that it's it's almost like it's it it nails the unintentional stuff, but it's when they actually sit down and write dialogue. That they come across as like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, I guess that a lot of people have caught, started calling her social justice girl. And a lot of the stuff I think they nail, mainly because I yeah. don't like Donald Trump and a lot of their stuff about Trump's sort of anti-immigration policies and, uh, policies and stuff, I, I, I yeah. really like. But yeah, the, it was so subtly handled in, in a lot of areas that the trailers indicated they would not do in yeah. this movie. There but, was Yeah, there was nothing in this film that made it like, oh, she's a female yeah, hero. It no. was just... See, honestly, you could have you could have swapped her out for um, Walter Lawson, the original Captain Marvel, mm. and the and the movie would have been exactly the same. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely. It, or any other hero we've already seen in the franchise, and that's yeah. how it should be. That's yeah. how it should be. The, the one thing, just while we did mention the whole nineties thing, that is actually something that I don't think I was looking for, and that's why it grated on me because I usually like this sort of stuff, but. While they strayed away from that, she's a girl. She's a woman. Did you know she's a female superhero? She is woman. It's coming out on International Women's Day because she's a girl. It's like, mm. I get it. They didn't do that. What they did do was like, this movie is in the 90s. Did you know this is in the 90s? Here's mm. another 90s reference. <laughs> did you know we had slow internet back then? Blockbuster, Radio Shack, this is in the 90s. It's Troll like, dolls. holy Christ, I get it. And like, the soundtrack was really cool. But while Guardians had a great 80s soundtrack, it wasn't set in the 80s. So it was like, it was a like throwback thing in the back of your head whereas mm. this is like we're in the 90s oh they're, if they're if if they're anywhere near a radio you've got to have a song on it's yeah. like here's one of the biggest hit songs of the 90s and, and the mu- the music for guardians is really good because it, it's it's peter's touchstone to earth mm. yeah yeah it's yes. his it's his cassette he, he had yeah. from a kid that's the, that's the only that's thing why it's he the had old left. music yeah and, 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 and as if anything doesn't look more out of place mm. than a guy dancing to mm. 80s music in the far off reaches of the galaxy. Mm. With- like that looks looks so out of place it's actually funny whereas this like it had moments of of doing only okay hints of what Suicide Squad did really poorly which was going from one song to another there was like two or three times in this movie where it transitioned softly out of one song and then bang it would hit yeah, you with another that, and I was I like, didn't like that. come then guys it's okay we get you in the 90s it's fine it's fine it's fine don't mm. worry about it. All right well I think we've hit our quota for the amount of times we've said We'll talk about it in spoilers. So let's just ah! talk about it in spoilers because I'm sick of not, basically. So, uh, yeah, tune out now um, if you haven't seen the movie or listen on. We can't stop you if and listen and have stuff spoiled for you. I don't understand you people, but We're hey, warning you. We're that's warning your you. choice. So here we go. Spoilers for Captain Marvel. Spoilers! See, now normally this is where I jump in and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe Nick Fury dies. But I can't do that because this is set in the 90s. Mm. So I can't. I can't do any fake spoilers. No. Um, one thing, I, you know, not a bad place to start as we transition. Uh, I didn't mention in the uh, non-spoilers part. The de-aging of Samuel Jackson was f***ing incredible. Shit. I forgot. Halfway through the movie, I had to remind myself that that's not what he looks like right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
We've seen Perfect. it before in this so franchise. Good. Obviously, we saw um, Michael Douglas in uh, the first Ant Man look pretty good, but you're like, oh, there's a moment there where he moves his mouth a little bit too quickly. It's a little he, plastic. He turns his head a little, a little plastic, plastic, but otherwise looked really good. Mm. Uh, a year later, we got Civil War. Um, I thought that probably looked the most plastic, even though they obviously had probably more budget because it was uh, Civil War. Um, um, Robert Downey Jr. looked like he was anorexic. A little bit, yeah. He's a little bit too, too on the, too little bit like you know Oliver. Yeah. He's like, please, Sam, I want some more. <laughs> well, we have um, <laughs> Kurt Russell in uh, 2017. That looked pretty good. Uh, he yeah, was a, pretty he good. He was a 1980s the Kurt hair Russell. Hair made that though. Yeah, the hair is what made. We it. know exactly what classic Kurt Russell looks like, mm. and that was it. And then again, uh, last year with Ant Man and the Wasp, where you get both Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas getting mm. DH. All looks great. It's like fantastic. But that we know even going into those movies, they're only going to play bit roles as those younger versions of themselves. Yeah, and they were just little flashbacks. Yeah. Not surviving a whole film. And so here we go. Hey, you're going to get Clark Gregg back as Coulson and you're going to get Samuel Jackson as a young Nick Fury or younger Nick Fury. And, oh, yeah, he's going to be in a lot of the movie. I'm like... Oh Jesus! Is it worth it? Like I, I love the idea of that. Mm. I love the idea that you could go and make a Nick Fury origin movie in 2022 and go, Sam Jackson, do you want to do it? Hell yeah, I'll do it. Okay, we're going to make you 30. But it's like, is it worth you looking bad just to sort of have the continuity of the same actor being able to play the same character over mm. like a 50 year span? I believe they can do anything now. <laughs> and and they're nowhere near the pinnacle of this technology. They no. they're still gonna be able to do much more. But the way the 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 light hit him and yep. the way that yeah. like he obviously walked around on set with a thousand dots in his face. So get all that. It's not like it's an easy thing to do and I just cannot believe how good that looked when it could have been an absolute train wreck and I probably would have forgiven them for it because it would have been so great just to have him and Brie Larson hang out together for an entire movie in the mid-90s. They didn't even need to make him look 20 years younger. They could have just done it with makeup and made him look 10 years younger. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, we're going to make him look 25 years younger. You oh, watch they've got that. Disney money, so yeah, why they've got not? Disney money, mate. They <laughs> yeah, got, yeah, yeah. And they're about to make all the money in the world. The only thing year. they couldn't CGI was his running. <laughs> oh, I was going to yeah. say the same thing. He's still in the high intensity scenes. He still moved like a 70 year old man. I mean, to be honest with you, I with all that kind of stuff, they could have easily gotten a body double and put some uh, with those dots on the face or whatever. Mm. Look, if DC are going to spend all that money. Doing getting rid of a mustache from Henry Cavill, mm. <laughs> like uh, oh honestly, like I mean I know that you was can do that you eighteen can months ago, but yeah, yeah you, to think that okay they were taking something away, it's a different pro- whatever, but that that looks so bad. And yet they've just made a seventy-year-old actor look like he's forty-five. Yep. Yeah. And we've got movies of him at forty-five yeah. to compare it to. Yes. You go and watch Die Hard with a Vengeance alongside this. Mm-hmm. That looks like the same Samuel L. Mate, Jackson. If, you, does. if he was if he was rocking a fro, that would have been Pulp Fiction. Literally. Yeah. Like. It yeah. was flawless. It, it looks so John Travolta good. could have rocked up in a Qantas plane and he would have been <laughs> yeah. on there. Ironically, it was like it was the, the scratch and stuff around his eye that looked the worst. Out of, yeah, yeah, every, yeah. out of everything, that was <laughs> the, the part actual that makeup worst. sort of thing, yeah. 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 And, and sadly, like Coulson looked good for the most part. There was just a couple of shots. There. Obviously, Clark Gregg wasn't in it a lot, mm. but there were a couple of shots like uh, very, very early on and in that final scene where he goes and sees um, uh, Fury at his desk where he looked a little bit plastic. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, is it because he's a <clears throat> miniature character in the in the, in the grand scheme of this movie and it's they're not just going to not put enough effort into him or is it and I'm hoping this sounds like reverse racism it, it does it work better on, on black complexion like hey, black uh, don't crack I mean that's it's, that's it's that's a all cliched my, saying for no, a reason that's all, what all my black friends keep telling me and I'm like even digitally black doesn't crack yeah like how is this fair? You guys are good at everything black mm. people are awesome they're so good at everything <laughs> and even digitally they look and sound and 
act better than us. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I reckon maybe maybe if Coulson had had more to do in the film, they might maybe put a bit more budget into making yeah. it look a little bit more realistic. But I guess of the two, yeah, you want to make sure Samuel L. Jackson, who's in ninety percent of the film, yeah. is gonna is gonna look yeah, hundred percent. And I just awesome. I just again the continuity, like what I love about these the movies and TV shows. I know, Maddie, you and I talk about Agents of Shield, and there was an episode that you weren't particularly a big fan of, but it was set twenty five years ago or something, and they had actors that played a role in that time period in the movies or even in the TV shows that have referenced in other shows and past seasons, just come back for a little guest spot, you know? And and the fact that these movies try to do that where they can, but really, a comic book, if you want to draw 10 different characters, fine. You 10 years later, yeah. you want to draw them as a sequel to that comic book, just draw them again. Mm. You can't do that with actors. They've got contracts and people age. So the idea that they can just go to Clark Gregg, hey, can you, you, you? We've got a role for you if you want to come back. You know, here's the amount of money you want. Yep, sure, I'll come back and do it. He hasn't been in the movies in seven years. He yeah. got killed off. Yeah. You know, oh, kind wow, of. it's been that long. 2012, First Avengers. Yeah, oh, right. he comes back. They go to the trouble de-aging him. Like just the fact that he gets to come back and play that same role. I'm like, that's cool. He he really you take him out of the movie. The movie doesn't lose anything. They kind of pay respect to him during the film by saying, oh, he's the type of guy that, you know, thinks with his head and doesn't necessarily go uh, with the, the authority if he thinks with his heart as well that there's something else going on if he wants to go down a different path. It takes a brave soldier to do that. I'm like, that's almost just a love letter to the character of Coulson and probably yeah. in part two to Clark Gregg because everyone loves him. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't add anything to his to his story to his no. story arc. It didn't it didn't give us any extra looks into mm. his psyche. But you it was know, just it was so just a cool nice little... to have him in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I guess going in, a lot of people didn't know the whole. You know who's Jude Law even playing? Was he Marvel? That was a big thought from early on. Was it, oh, he's Marvel? He's mm-hmm. Marvel? He's oh, Marvel. I think I think on um, Wikipedia and stuff, it still says that he's playing. Marvel. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, a couple of weeks ago, it came out and it got confirmed who he was playing, and I forget the actual what's the character? Yon Rog. Yon Rog. He's actually playing Yon Rog. Okay, great. And everyone's like, well, it's Jude Law. He's playing the and Jude Law character in the credits. Yeah, he's probably going to be bad guy. Mm. Um, it happened. I wasn't you know, thrown by the great twist, but at the same time, I guess I wasn't let down by how underwhelming the twist was because I didn't, I don't know that I really expected it in the first place. So I, how did that sit with you? I wasn't thrown with the Yon Rog reveal. Yeah. I knew that the Star Force would end up being bad guys. Yeah. Um, the thing that threw me was the Skrull reveal. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. the Skrull and Kree have always been at war with each other, yeah. but they've both been bad guys. Yeah. It's just, you know, let them go off and, and destroy each other as long as they're not getting in our way. Yeah. So for us to feel sympathetic about the scroll or, you know, want us to... I kept waiting at the end of the film for there to be the double cross from mm. the scroll. Oh. I kept waiting for that and never Absolutely. got it. Mm. Yeah. But maybe that'll be... Obviously, this is, what, 20 years ago this film set. They're like this dying race. They're all refugees and that kind of stuff. Once we then, you know, get to post infinity, uh, post end game, where it's 25, 30 years later, it's like, well, maybe now they can start reconsolidating their power and they'll become a threat again. Mm. Because you can't do Captain Marvel without doing the Secret Wars, mm. where half the Avengers get replaced by Skrull. Mm. You know? Yeah. You need to do that storyline, so the Skrull need to be villains. Mm. They can't be sympathetic this whole time. Yeah, so, no, you're absolutely right. Um, so that was that was fun. It was, it was jarring. I was like, oh, wow. Mm. Oh, wow, okay. I don't hate it. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is this is different. Mm. But yeah, as long as you know the scroll aren't, you know, allies. Mm. It it was I'm for it. It kind of made my second watch very interesting because of the of that twist, but also how Ben Mendelsohn played the character from the get go. That just seemed a little bit off putting to me because he is so humorous and condescending. He's not that that mustache twirling bad guy mm. from the start. You know, he's 
I think, yeah, my issue with Ben Mendelsohn is I think what they needed was just a little line in there saying that he spent some time on Earth before. If, I, if I'd known he'd, he'd been to Earth before, mm. then I'd buy his jazz hands comment and his casualness about it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was all that was missing from me. Yeah, okay. Other, yeah. Otherwise, I completely enjoyed that character. Yeah. His, the laid back attitude, the drink and the milkshake. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, yeah. Those all, kind all of All that things. was fantastic. The reveal was great. The only thing that that sort of got me is Brie Larson. Uh, well, uh, you know, um, let's just say Captain Marvel. Um, she could have, she could have killed him when they imprisoned her towards the start, and they were going through her memories and stuff. She's escaped. She's killed a lot of them. She could have killed him, but she didn't. And like it was, it was, he was kind of, he was poking the bull. Mm. Right, and she could have done it, and I know that's another thing to say that she is the hero, so that's why she doesn't kill if she doesn't absolutely have to. But it was kind of like they'd imprisoned her, and as far as she knew, as far as she was aware, they were the enemy. They mm. were yeah. pure evil, and they just kind of almost justified that in her mind by knocking her out, kidnapping her, doing something to her mind and her memories and stuff like that, and being very condescending about it. The fact that she didn't kill him, but she sort of killed everyone else, I was just like, oh, they. I don't know. It just, I was just sort of like, why? And but the reveal at the end was fantastic, and it mm. wouldn't have worked had uh, you know had she had killed him. But um, there's just that little moment of oh, isn't that convenient? Yeah, for you, you know, yeah. it was just that. But yeah. Ben Mendelsohn absolutely nailed this. He he was you're right. He was perfect at this, and and he wasn't that. As you said, like he, he wasn't the the evil guy or anything. Yeah, because sh- then it would it, the twist would undo. Why were you delivering bad guy monologue at the yeah, start? Yeah, you know, yeah. It was, you were just trying to save your wife and daughter. Yeah, like watching. Yeah. He was he, he was yeah he was a soldier. He was out to get what he wanted. If it meant that he had to kill people to get what he wanted and kidnap you know uh, Captain Marvel and obviously do away with Kree because they hate the Kree. But if he had to do certain things to get there, sure. Once you understood his motives, and then he's like, okay, well, I promise I won't kill anyone now. Yeah. Like, not that he said well, that, but obviously once he teamed out with Marvel and Fury, it was yeah. kind of like a done. Don't don't kill these humans that you're replacing, and yeah, you know, we're yeah, only yeah. going to do what we have to do. And he makes hints very early on in the movie about the family, but you think that it is about the core, the energy weapon, and stuff. Mm. But nothing that he says early on gets, from memory, gets contradicted after the twist you know you don't hear that no, twist that he right. oh he's not actually bad he's you know the Kree are bad and he's you know just being undone by them do you then go back and watch him as bad guy in the first half of the movie and go oh that doesn't make any sense that was just there to, to um yeah. to seduce the audience but again it's just probably a human thing too you see race of Kree they're beautiful human looking people you mm. see scrolls well they're ugly they're quite hairless, demon quite de- demonic reptilian, you know, elf looking things yeah, yeah. Oh, they must be the bad guys because yeah. they're unattractive yes. you know which which sucks, but it helps sell the story. And then when you get that twist, like ah, okay, cool. But, yeah. Also, when the when the twist happened, and Brie Larson, um, sorry, Captain Marvel says, "I'm so sorry for for what I've done." He, it was that beautiful moment after he's embraced his wife, and then he meets his child for the first time. Obviously, because he's never he's never seen him, mm. or he has just hasn't seen it in a long time. At least six years. Mm. Yeah, there was this beautiful moment, and they you know they embrace each other and all that kind of stuff. And she apologizes. She says, "I'm I'm so sorry." And he just looked at her. Un- so understanding and he just said we've all got blood on our hands yeah. mm. and it was so beautiful because mm. from that moment on I did not think there was not one doubt in my mind that he would do anything other than what it took with her mm. to get them safe yeah 
that was just his family cool he was not going to be a dick about it after yeah. that and that's why you get someone Bennett Mendelssohn is a fantastic Aussie actor we can claim him and he carries his Australian accent this I would have loved if all the scrolls would have been Australian that would yeah, have been, that would really have been cool. a cool touch you know because like you get different aliens in the in these well, worlds like a lot a lot of the um Asgardians they've got British accents yep. right mm. so why not make the scrolls Australian because then you make other races they've all got different yeah. accents it whatever. would kind of so. work because I saw this thing on Facebook not that long ago and they said some those flat earth people don't believe Australia exists and that the people pretending to be from Australia are paid actors that's so right. if, if we were these uh, shape-shifting <laughs> scroll, then that would actually be all right. Well, I mean, then one, they'd be like, one... see, it's justified! And you know why that that's... is true of one third of us in this room, though. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know why though? Uh, why they? Why that theory probably is is prevailing is because Australians just don't give a shit enough to no. to yeah. counteract it. It's yeah. like you think oh, we're whatever. fake? Eh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you'll get over. No it. worries, mate. They're yeah. like, they're I mean, like we're real, Chris but... Hemsworth could be that cool in real life. It's got to be an act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, <laughs> there's no way Byron exists. Yeah. You know? Hang on, isn't he from Australia where they only make beautiful people? Yeah. It's like, well, that's also fake. He's that whole fake thing of him saving Matt Damon from a snake was totally manufactured. Yeah. That was oh, oh, two actors, and this is what happened in real life. Yeah. Is it? Mm, yes. Um, yeah. But that's why you get Ben Mendelsohn to deliver those sort of lines. Like we've all got blood in our hands. Mm. You need to sell this those little subtle lines because, like you said, that made a real impact on a viewer and on the story that changed your view on that character or at least solidified it that no he's a good guy he's not going to deceive her but then you get from him like I did not I've seen him be funny in interviews I did not expect him to have comedic timing Mm. and pacing and physical comedy and I don't mean that like weird and wacky Jim Carrey style but just the body language that he used when he delivered certain lines that like the pace at which he moved his eyes mm. when he delivered lines like that and they say great comedy actors can do good drama because they understand mm. pacing they understand timing but to do it in reverse I'm sure it'd be very hard because you can't learn funny you're either funny or you're not you yeah can, they do say Funny's the hardest, like from an acting point of view, funny's yeah. the hardest. So. But there was just the moment, and, and it was a lot of what he didn't do that made it so good, but that scene where they first take off in the ship and um, Maria Rambo turns around and says, so can I just ask, sorry, you, your people, can you all shapeshift? Is it? Well, you know, he's just proudly, well, physiologically, yeah, we can, yes. but it does take a lot of patience and practice and, I mean, if, if I may indulge, a lot of talent. And they go, can you turn into a cat? He's like, What's a cat? And then, then they'll line. Can you turn into a filing cabinet? And he's just, why would I turn why into a filing cabinet? <laughs> that was my like, favorite. Just that was like my you could actually even behind the the the, the fake eyes and the, the two inches of rubber, the two inches of it's, rubber, yep. you could see his eyes roll. I understood mm. every facial movement that actor made. Like he it might was as well so, not been wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah. You know everything what I mean? he did. It's like when, when your two year old asks you, "Why is purple?" Yeah, you're just yeah. like. He nailed what? it in such a relatable what? way, but from the from the alien point of view, you have this primitive species saying, with your like physiological powers, so to speak, can you do something basic from our planet? And he's like, why? Like mm. you, you f- moronic species? <laughs> why? And it was so great, and there, there were so many times when the crowd in the cinema were just erupting in laughter, and that was mm. definitely one of the highest moments. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. They were cracking up. Yeah. And it's funny we mentioned before, like, just you said if we would have spent time on Earth, a lot of other stuff would have made sense because I found myself picking up on that earlier on when you had Minerva, um, when they had their first attack and you had the, um, like, the, the sniper in the yeah. uh, in Star Force. And she was like, 
does anybody copy? Do you read me? And I'm like, do you actually mm. use the terms read and copy? Like, yeah. for some reason, I'm like, just, yeah, who, why are they? Right. And, but I never thought of that. Yep. I didn't, I shouldn't because I'm like, they're speaking English. But then you get to the point where, where, Captain Marvel arrives on Earth, goes out to the security guard outside Blockbuster and says, do you understand me? Is my universal translator working? It's like, oh, so this whole time you haven't even been speaking English. Mm. Right. But we've heard English because we're the viewer. We're just hearing the language you're intending. Yes. And now that you're speaking to a, a, a human in America where they speak English, we're now hearing you speak English, but mm. nothing's changed for us as a viewer. Like, I like that they even reference that. It's such mm. a stupid detail that no one needs or mm-hmm. might have uh, might have cared for. But... Then when he is drinking the milkshake, when he's in Maria Rambo's house, and he's like, you really should be nicer to your neighbours. You never know when you might want to borrow a cup of sugar. <laughs> and it's like, oh, really? And I think, I think if he hadn't have had that sip of a milkshake, I would have really held onto that scene like, yeah. okay, like, sugar, y- the fact that we borrow sugar from neighbours, like the fact that sugar is even something you would want to borrow, mm. like how do you as an alien know this? But it was followed by such a simple sight gag yeah. of him drinking a milkshake and slurping it bubbling yeah. it out of a, out of out of a plastic and straw and cup yeah. Yeah. but the idea how do you know this is an alien but it's like who ca- why am i even yep why am i focusing on stupid shit like this you know yeah but then the humor between the um the Cree guys uh, towards the start of the movie when they all go okay you've got your first mission to to uh, Captain Marvel or Brie Larson whatever you want to call her at this point um what do what do they call her before she finds out who she is what's her Veers Veers so um the higher intelligence thing says you know you've got your mission or whatever and they get on the ship and they're talking about. Uh, whatever they're talking about, and they start the conversation actually turns to Jaiman Honsu's character about him being um, unattractive, handsome. yeah. Oh, unattractive first, and then one of the random other dudes is like, For what it's worth, I think you actually are quite handsome. He's like, Thank you very much. Yeah. And it was, it yeah. was just this subjectively, you are really quite handsome. That's, That's the word. See, but the guy who's seen it twice knows all the, the, the great yeah, yeah. I, I love that word subjective because yeah. I took it like movies. Mm. It's like movies, movies are subjective. There's yeah. no rule out there that says this movie is good, yeah. Yeah. this movie is bad. It's how long is a piece of string. Yeah. yeah. It gave me a little bit of um, Drax. Oh, Drax. Yeah. Drax. Oh, yeah. Subjectively, yeah. you were quite attractive. And yes. it's funny because Jaiman Honsu, again, he's like the Coulson in this movie. He mm. Take him out. We don't sit there going, well, hang on, hang on a second. Where's Jaiman Honsu's character? He should be. No, we don't yeah. care. Mm. We don't even need Ronan, really. Yeah. But it's just absolute fan service going, why not throw these guys in? It was yep. great. I didn't realize that Korath was um, a Cree. Mm. And this is something I spoke to Lincoln about after the movie last night. I said, I wish they'd. I actually had to look it up last night. Every Cree we've seen up to this point has been blue. Yeah, what's that with Jude Law too? Okay, I, I, so John, I ha- who who's one of our guests last night at the screening, he he turned to me as soon yeah. as he saw all the other blue guys. He goes, "Why isn't Jude Law blue? Yeah, mm. why isn't Jude Law blue? Why isn't Marvel blue? Um, and why is, they've got blue blood? Why is Korath black? Um, that kind of thing. Mm. So apparently in the comics, there's um the blue Cree and they're like the pure bloods. Oh, but then there's also pink Cree, and pink Cree just happen to look like Caucasian humans. Right. Um, so th- I guess that's also how they could, because my other thing was like, well, why, why does Carol look like Jude Law? Why does she, mm. she thinks she's Cree this whole time she thought she was Cree. So I was like, how was, she? so yeah. So Marvel and Jude Law were pink Cree, which I guess then broadens the fact that it's like, well, Korath could have been a pink Cree as well. It's just, he happens to be black. There happens mm. to be black, um, Cree, yeah, it's like Asian blue Cree. and non-blue Cree. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, so to me that, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I had no idea that Korath was. So in Harry Potter, they'd be mud blood. <laughs> <laughs> mm, so you're a pure blood Cree. So I totally buy that now with, yeah, with Jude Law, 
uh, not being blue, uh, Marvel not being blue. I like that they gender swapped Marvel as well. Mm. Um, made her. I uh, love Annette Benning, and she She's she had great. so much fun. Like whether because she She's essentially great. got to play three different characters. Really, mm. like she gets to play Supreme Intelligence, which is you know she's just a face for a different character. Yeah. She gets to play uh, the 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 fake doctor scientist, and then she actually gets to play Marvel, and then then an evil version of Supreme Intelligence as well. Like she just got to to do a lot of yeah. physical comedy as yeah. well, but also a lot of um you know uh, emotional stuff there. More in fun those than very tight more scenes. fun than Glenn Close got when. She- yeah. Oh, side note. So, uh, my dad's partner came to me the other night because uh, I am the I'm the movie guy in the family. She goes, "What's that? That that movie Basic Instinct where the lady goes crazy? That was Glenn Close, wasn't it?" And I went, and I couldn't tell if she was asking me a Glenn Close question or a Basic Instinct question. And I said, "You mean the the vagina movie? Because yeah. that's that's yeah. what yeah. it is." She's like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. No, no, that was Sharon Stone. She's like, Sharon Stone, that's it. Do you think, is it Fatal Attraction that's got Glenn Close in it? It um, could be. Yeah. yeah. It could be. But, um, but can you imagine Basic Instinct with Glenn Close? That would have oh, been a God, very yeah. different film. Oh, oh dear okay. God. I'll tell you something else. <laughs> I did my review on radio of um, about Captain Marvel, and I was referencing how good the de-aging effects was because, again, the team that I was talking to don't like superhero movies, so I've got to quickly tie it into stuff they do like. <laughs> and it's saying, oh, this incredible technology, all of Samuel Jackson. He looks like a Pulp Fiction Samuel Jackson. And then all of a sudden we're talking about Pulp Fiction and we're dropping different things and little nuggets about that movie. Come off air. I go and I talk to one of my um, colleagues and she said, oh, we just had a guy call up and say, he was a little bit like cheeky, like condescending in a way. He was like, uh, yeah, great movie chat, guys. Really enjoyed it. Um, you did get one pretty key thing wrong there, though. Um, it's actually not Sam Jackson in Pulp Fiction. It was Lawrence Fishburne. So just <gasps> get that right. Now, okay, my initial reaction is that that guy is an idiot. And I really wanted to call him back or wanted him to come on air so we could all berate him and tear him a new arse <laughs> But then I thought, maybe, have you guys seen that interview that Sam Jackson did a couple yeah. of years ago on like morning TV yep. in America, right? Which and was glorious. I was around the time of Kingsman or something, and this guy goes, oh, so that, uh, that new Honda commercial you're a part of, tell us about that, Sam. He's like, what Honda commercial? Yeah. He's like, so, so Kingsman, good. um, great, yeah, like, great no, movies. No, 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 no. You think I'm Lawrence Fishburne? He's like, we all don't look alike. Yeah. And that guy got torn a new one for two minutes on live TV. Yep. And yep. it's one of the greatest things yep. you've got to watch. So I was thinking whether this guy, if he is a movie lover, he might have called the station, trying to use that as like a meta way of getting involved in the conversation. So power to you if that's the case and you are listening to this. But if you actually <laughs> yeah, think no, that think Lawrence Fishburne was right Muppet. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Muppet over kind of racist, yeah. maybe. So let's, yeah, let's hope. Um. I don't even know whether it's worth really delving into it too deeply, but just a lot of the design of this movie, because visual effects are visual effects. We've seen a lot of good stuff in uh, in, in these Marvel movies, but um, I really liked, while we are talking about Annette Benning and Supreme Intelligence, how they um, designed the look of going to talk to Supreme Intelligence, like the, yes. the little like, water droplet mm, electrodes that come up onto, that onto cool. uh, Brie Larson's body. Yeah. But then inside that world, and it was this flat, square platform surrounded by almost like an ocean, but then there were like open, like digital platforms in the roof that were like kind of raining, but kind of, mm. it was, it was a very yeah. cool little, I can just imagine someone storyboarding that going, this will never work because yeah. this doesn't make sense, mm. but it was so unique. And I just really loved the way that they pulled that off. Like those are the moments I think when you are filmmaking, making these movies, you're 21 movies in, you've kind of got to stick to the script and a lot of this sort of stuff. That's the stuff where you go, okay, you can do anything you want here. Be really creative. And I 
fucking love that. I thought yeah. that looked really cool. Very smart. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the soundtrack now? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I was singing that TLC Waterfalls. That was the scene I talked about in non I thought it was going to be. I was singing TLC Waterfalls so much, I have no idea what happened in that in that car ride between those two. I love that so much. <laughs> that garbage hole at the end. Um, oh, so many. Uh, oh, no doubt. The no doubt. Yeah, that's the okay, one that, that is, got me. That is going to polarise people. I know it will. Mm-hmm. There'll be some guys out there that'll go, oh, look, listen to all these female 90s artists <laughs> that they're playing. Oh, there's... De- not that they'll know who Desiree is, but Desiree's playing oh, in the background. God, when that was a see. good song. Perfect. If, if only... No, if only it had been Life instead of whichever one they played. Oh, what song? You gotta Remember the be other- bad. You, you gotta, gotta be bold. bold. You gotta... When, when, she, yeah. when they rock up, she's listening to it. Uh, she's fixing her plane. The first yeah. time she, they see each other again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's under her own little... You know, I actually don't... I don't yeah. think I actually picked up on, the, on that song. Yeah. I knew there's a song I that, that I was more worried about catching the reaction of, of the actress playing Maria because I thought this reaction is going to sell this character. Yeah. And she was awesome, that actress. She was I, I, she I don't was, know much about her, but... Apparently she was a, she was a late ad because the right. original actress that they cast for that had to pull out for scheduling conflict, wow. so they, she was actually the replacement. She was she the was second perfect. choice. And the daughter too, and I know the daughter, the character of the daughter's got, you know, potentially big futures, blah, blah, blah. Yes, but, which goes back to my Ant-Man and the Wasp chat yes. where we are building the new Avengers. We're building the young Avengers. Yeah. We've, got, we've got Stature, Ant-Man's daughter. We've now got um, Lieutenant, Trouble. Lieutenant Trouble. She's Photon. So she actually at one point has been Captain Marvel, oh, wow. uh, but she also <clears throat> has her own sort of light spectrum kind of power. She's Photon. Uh, with the whole um, Scarlet Witch and Vision thing, we, we potentially have their kids, um, Speed and um, Wiccan. Uh, so we're really building out, like in 20 years' time, we can just have all these people can be the new Avengers. So mm. I'm, I'm very excited for that. Wow. Rambo was weird. It's like she was great to be there as a as a, an emotional like family. She ended up being their family, which I think was a really nice touch. It's like it wasn't uh, Carol's actual family. They say she doesn't get along with her actual family. These people were her found family. Mm. But then there was other points where I'm like, oh, does she really need to be here? Mm. There was a point of me when um, when there's the, the cool prototype Quinjet uh, chase scene with, awesome. Ma- with Minerva awesome. going through the canyon and stuff. I'm like... Could that have been Fury? Yeah. Like he's a full bird colonel that they mentioned earlier on. He's the one who developed Shield, and the Quinjets become like their their go to kind of thing. It would have been cool to see Sam Jackson, like <clears throat> Nick Fury, experience the Quinjet at the controls and go, "Geez, these yeah. are good. We should be using these." Yeah, they did half justify by the fact that she was a, an experienced Air Force pilot. Yeah, but and that's... You know, I get what you're saying. It's kind of they they need. It's I think they've also put it in there to sort of break up the. Samuel Jackson's had a lot of screen time as Brie Larson, so to put her in there as well is just to kind of break it up so it's yeah. not oversaturating it and just making it these two are heroes, everyone else is like three tiers down. That's it, and that way they're they're both not just sitting at the at the farmhouse until the movie's over and yeah. they come back to them. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was quite surprised when Marie came with us to go up to space to um, mm. uh, Marvel's laboratory. Mm. I was quite surprised she came along, but mm. she was actually kind of needed there. It actually kind of... It kind of fit in there. So I was I'm like, I'm not a movie writer. I don't know what works and what doesn't. Yeah. But so I wasn't mad at it, but I was like, oh, that would have been a cool thing to see. Mm. But then having Maria there was um was good as well. For some reason I just started thinking about her. She, she's almost the equivalent of Falcon from Winter Soldier yeah. where yeah. when they really got found out, but when they found out Hydra was still a thing and they went to Falcon's place and stayed there. 
And then he's like, I kind of just want to help you guys. Like he loves mm. Captain America and he just went along. Like they, mm-hmm. they didn't, obviously he, he played probably a much more important role in that battle than what Maria did in, well, maybe that's not fair to say. I mean, purely on the ship, once she got down on earth again, that was, uh, that was a different I story. I think the main yeah. difference was the fact that there was, there was a lot of physical fighting in uh, Captain America Winter yeah, Soldier yeah. as opposed to Stands this being a, a lot of space more. battles so, and implants. Yeah, I'm being, I'm, I'm but being, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm being yeah. a bit unfair there, but um. Like in a way, he didn't need to play any future role. It could have just been Cap, and uh, and and it, like if that w- if that was a role that had no future, Falcon wasn't a character. It was just another role in the film. That character doesn't need to play any future in the movie. That's no. fine. You could just be about Black well, Widow. Well, the only reason he came along is because he had the flight superiority aspect. That's, like, he's, yeah, he's that's the only the one thing. of the three of them that could fly. Yeah, so. yeah. But uh, what I like too, and, and you know, again, the whole oh, more women, oh, angry, angry men, blah blah blah. But it was good that. Maria didn't just become what a lot of, unfortunately, female characters become in these movies where, oh, what's she? Oh, she's the girlfriend character. Oh, she's yeah. the wife yeah. character. Yeah. Oh, she's the, this a, character. Like the furniture that, of, the, of the set. Yeah, that so Maria wasn't just the friend character because no. this was about a woman. It wasn't like you could say that a woman didn't play an important role in this movie because it was about a female character, but that you don't just have, oh, Maria, oh, well, she's that girl's friend. It's like, no, no, no. She's yeah. she's also got some pretty kick-ass shit to do as yeah, well. She does. Yeah, she She's going to play a good role, you know. And I'm, I'm sure, again, there'll be some people threatened with their own sort of masculinity about the, the line she had when... Um, Ben Mendelsohn calls it, hey, little girl, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And she's like, oh, you call me little girl again and I'll shove my foot up your ass or whatever yeah. it was. It's like it's like if, if you're someone who thinks that's pushing some kind of feminist agenda and stuff like that, yeah. it's like, no. Yeah. If you gender bend that and the Skrull had said to you know Nick Fury and called him little boy or yeah. just boy, mm. Nick Fury would have stood up and said, excuse me, what yeah. did you just call me? And yeah. then you'd be up there going, you, you tell him, Sam. Yeah. Exactly. Give it to him, Fury. All of a sudden she does it. It's like, oh, we get it. It's the woman. It's a, it's an agenda. It's an agenda. Yeah, no, it's agenda. Yeah. Uh, it's indoctrination. Yeah. It's like, no, it's just think about it. Yeah. And I know people had a lot of issues with from the trailer, that, that one line Rambo has in the trailer about, you know, we've got to show these boys up. Mm. And it's like, yeah, if if the movie took place in 2019, that mm. might be unnecessary. And also taken out of context, put into a trailer, it's like, That's okay, it. you don't understand it. But when you actually watch When you film, actually watch the film and you see the fact that, and you know the fact that back in the 90s, well, this would have been done in the 80s, that particular scene would have been like 89 before yeah. mm. she was taken away. Women weren't women pilots weren't allowed to fly combat. No. The only way they could get in the air is to do what these girls were doing and be flying test prototypes, flights test, and test stuff. flights yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So that was them going, you know what? This is how we're going to show the guys that we deserve to be up there flying mm. combat yep. missions by showing them what kind of good pilots we are. Look, I don't think they actually shoved any agenda down our throats in this no, film. I think like uh, you all. know as as we were saying before what what you say Mitch in the in the non-spoilers one is it was very safe and that wasn't even in a putting it down way. That was just, you know, it is, but I actually think it is the best possible safe because they didn't, they didn't throw out the agenda of uh, being a female lead or anything like that. They didn't try to push it going, Oh look, they, they do it yeah. in the trailers, but they got to do that with every film. So it's no different in this one. Mm. She was such a strong individual. This is what I said to my girlfriend. I love the fact that they didn't feel that they needed a love story to push this further. Nah. Her strength, her journey was everything that this film needed and it smashed it. So they didn't need a love story to go, oh, this is also what the uh, audience Oh, we'll give it something for the girls exactly. to enjoy. They smashed it through. The, um, yeah. the friend, she didn't need any other extra leg up. The, funnily enough, the only nitpick I have is with that particular song and... It was more so brought to my attention this morning. Um, I took my girlfriend out for breakfast, and the girl at the at the local cafe she she co runs the cafe that, mm. that we go and have brekkie at, 
And if she's uh, in charge on whatever day she is, she usually likes to put through Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack or something of the 80s. She goes, I love that. But if, if I have a good song that I've got from a Marvel film, I put it on, makes me think of the movies. She oh, yeah. loves it. She she goes, I, I would love to do movie reviews, all that kind of stuff. If you mention any oh, mate, Marvel film to her in. or DC, she loses oh, her mind. She's great. Her she's a legend. So anyway, <laughs> what she said to me is we started talking about it because she saw it last night. And I said, oh, did you see the same screen? Blah, blah, blah. She goes, no, no, no. There must have just been some very late sessions on or something, like pre-screenings. Yeah, it was a, uh, yeah. for event cinemas, which is where our screening was, um, the Cinnabar. So if you're an event cinemas member, yep. you could have access to the early screening. So that's what she went and did with, uh, with her sister. Now they went and she said, the only thing I hated when she starts kicking ass of the guys that used to be her team, they smashed on the song, no doubt, I'm just, I'm a, just girl. a girl. Mm. And she goes... They didn't need to go because we know how strong she is. We know she's a girl. We know she's mm. kicking ass. They didn't need to put on that song just further go, hey, just so you guys know, it's a girl, it's a female. And I was like, wow. And she's the one telling me this. And yeah. she's like, everything up until that point, I could not fault at all. Everything after that, I could not fault at all. It was just the song choice of going this. And and I was like, okay, that's that's an interesting point because the movie itself was so strong. Yeah, she she didn't need any leg up to to win or anything like that. She just she found her own strength. She had her friends around her, like we all do, and it didn't even look like they needed to dumb down any other character to make this main character look stronger. You know, yeah, some they didn't, characters they, didn't, they make that mistake. There was no point going, oh, the man's the villain, the man's yeah. terrible. Put all the men down so the women look taller. Or, it's or like, they don't it's need like, to make no, someone it, look it stupid an issue. to make someone else look smarter. They didn't do that. Nick Fury is learning along the way. She's so intelligent because she's learned all this stuff from an advanced race and everything like that. And she's she's badass. Yeah. She can kick ass. And, uh, and Nick Fury is learning along the way. And he thought what he'd seen was next level. Mm. You know? And, yeah. I, and I know that... I'm not trying to get into a debate with people that can't talk back to us that are listening. But I know that in the past, plenty of male-led movies have... Not even now that we're looking through it in hindsight, but at the time, made the mistake of having their female counterparts look stupid or making dumb decisions yeah. that other oh, man has to mm. come and save them or just purely damsel in distress stuff. The answer to that is not then doing the opposite, making a female centric and led movie and then making men look stupid. And you go back to like, okay, if we're going to, and I hate to compare it, but just f- f- to make it the most basic argument to compare this to wonder woman. So the other side mm. of the comic book coin, wonder woman comes out and it's DC's first female led. Uh, okay. We've, Lose Supergirl from 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Wonder Woman, her first film, OG, bang, she's up on screen. Chris Pine wasn't an inept idiot in that movie. None of the guys were stupid. They had their own missions. Yep. They mm. they were treating her like men might have treated women in 1914, 15 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they, the gender, to, they played the gender discrepancy yeah, for the time period. Yeah, but never yes, to a point where like, that. oh, no, you're a woman. You can't look after yourself. You're weak. It was, I'm a man. Isn't it, isn't it my job to, to look yeah. after you? Like, you know, it was. they weren't treating her like an idiot. But then she except didn't turn. for that one part where she goes and she tries to tell all the generals what they need to do, and they're mm. like, and, you know, and that is yeah. how they would have done it. But those, what I like is those... they were old shit, like they were yeah. old white men, so it's fine. So yes. they're old guys. <laughs> it's you, like, oh, you, you not... old, you old fuddy duddies, you don't know what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly, you know? and that's exactly how they were. So you're but right. In, in the other side of that, it was one woman did it right, and mm-hmm. Captain Marvel's done it right. Yep. Ghostbusters, the remake, which I enjoy. We'll come in and did a review after that movie. We enjoyed it fine. Oh, I enjoyed. Pulling apart. We, yeah, we enjoyed pulling apart, <laughs> but we, no, we actually did come in. And, you know what? That wasn't the train wreck that we thought it was going to be, and that got that got the same people going. Why are you why are you taking male characters and making it female? This is bullshit. It's like shut up. Like who yeah. cares? Just let mm. just let write this, a good character. Just, I don't care what's yeah, between let, their legs. Let just let write this a good movie. Character. Just let this movie happen and see. But 
what that movie did while we're speaking about this particular point, what that movie did wrong wasn't making female characters, wasn't making female characters strong or making female characters the lead. You go back and watch that movie, every male character in that film is an idiot. It's a bumbling idiot. Or mm-hmm. the bad guy. You had the, the, the boss of at the university, the dean of the university, yeah. to, to Melissa McCarthy and um, Kristen Wiig. Absolute arsehole. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth, absolute idiot. You had the other guy. He was a bad guy. Yeah. The other bloke running the mansion house that first spotted the ghost. Idiot and scared weakling. Like, yes. Literally. And I'm not even that upset about it. It's just a funny thing to actually look at and try and yeah. examine and study. You don't have to swap it completely like that and put put us back into those bad practices. Mm. It's like, no, just bring everyone up to the same level. Mm. We're all equals. And now exactly I know right. that, that movie, We're Paul Fig, it's written by written and directed by a man. So and I there's nothing more I love as a bloke than paying out blokes. So we are idiots. Yeah. We, no, are we are basic simpletons. We are. I was sitting in the in my <laughs> having a meeting after our sh- a brekkie show this morning and one of the girls said, Oh, why would a guy do this? I don't even know what it was. It was something disgusting that someone said or did and she and she said, Oh, why would a guy even do that? And and it was Ash and he goes he goes, men are, men are gross. We're, we're, we're sick. We're, we're stupid people. We're not, we a, com- are. We're like, not, we're not a complicated species. No, no we're, we're not complicated. Yeah. There's nothing more than I like a stupid man. You know, my, my wife even jokes around me sometimes. If I make a silly mistake, she goes, stupid man. And, and she goes, you know what? If you turn around to me and go, stupid woman, I'd slap you. And I'm like, I would never say that because I wouldn't be game. But I would be upset if she all of a sudden said, oh, I'm not going to call you stupid man anymore because that's sexist. I'd be like, no, that's fun. We are basic. We do make stupid mistakes. We can't do two things at once. We get distracted very easily. Mm. Like, I love all that sort of shit. So I'm not even angry that an, another a male filmmaker wrote and directed Men as Idiots. I'm sure he thought it was fun, and it probably was fun making it. It's just that when you look at it on the outside, that I, unfortunately that movie had going against it was that people thought, it was an attack on men uh, that you had to mm. take male characters and reboot them into female. That's not mm. what it's about. But now I don't see in turn, while we're getting off the topic of Captain Marvel, and I apologize, the fact that Jason Reitman, son of the original director of one and two is making a Ghostbusters three for all intents and purposes. that comes out next year. It's not an attack on the women that he is going back to the, like he's not going to get the old four back together. Maybe he does short of one, obviously and, and RAP to uh, Harold Ramis. But that's not because it was girls and that's why it failed. It was just not a great movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it was yeah. just very poorly handled and paced. And oh, one of the actresses went nuts on Twitter about it. Too. Oh, Leslie yeah, Jones. Right? Leslie Jones. Not like, yeah, happy yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She took a person and was like, he's yeah. up. But just to finish off on what Liquid was saying about um, how he wasn't a fan of the, um, the No Doubt needle drop. Well, it was interesting. It, it only I... was, it was brought to my attention after, um, I mean, sorry, it... it it started playing in my mind after she brought it to my attention. I was like, okay, okay. But now, funnily yeah. enough, it's brought by a But yeah, Well, that's, that's what I, I think yeah. I might have mentioned it in, um, uh, in our non-spoilers. I know it will be polarizing. Right. Some people yes. will love it. Some people hate it. I happen to love it. Yeah. Mainly because I love that song. Yeah, well, the song. Um, <laughs> and the, if you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's, you know, this world is forcing me to hold your hand because I'm just a girl. Mm. It's, it's about, oh, I'm this meek little girl. I can't do anything on my own because I'm a girl. So it, it, it plays on that aspect. And to me, it connected to the fact that the Kree were kind of holding Captain Marvel back by putting that little chip in her neck, mm-hmm. thinking that's what gave her the power, but it's actually what was restricting her power. Yeah. So I, I did like, to me, there was enough connective tissue in there with my personal connection to the song, to that, that I enjoyed it. But I know, yeah, it definitely like that. Like that girl, you know, mm-hmm. I know they'll def- it'll definitely be polarizing. Yeah. And there'll be, there'll be guys there as well going, oh God, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it- it's going to be on both sides. They're going to, people are going to not like it. 
Which is fair enough. It's, yeah. you know. Look, I, yeah, look, I, I see her point and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah I understand totally. where she's from. But in saying that, I don't think it, it hindered anything about the film at all. No, oh, no. And when you think about the all movie, the little yeah. things that are added on, like songs are put in at such powerful moments. And mm. even if there is, like that was just to get the blood race and when she's kicking yeah. ass. To me, that's, that's no different to Immigrant Song in Ragnarok. Yeah, when it yeah. just dropped when you yeah. when you needed it, yep. it was just Which like still, pow. As much as I, I I did I did this, there was this fun. I don't know if I sent around the link to you. This fun website where you can go mm. to and it gives you all the Marvel movies two at a time, like battle style, and you mm. just pick which one you like, and it goes over and over and over again. Compares oh all yeah, it, and then ranks. Then it gives you your list. I've done that of which ones you like. I've right. got Ragnarok. As much as a lot of people in this office and fellow film buffs love me, Thor Ragnarok is actually my most disliked Marvel film. You're kidding. What? Yeah, wow. I think so. I think so because, well, that's just how that worked in that list. And I think it's because at the time it really just, I was like, what was that? And then I rewatched it again before Infinity War and I was like, yeah, I, I like I like it in bit parts, I think. But mm. prior to that, it was Iron Man 3. But the yeah. thing about no, Iron Man... Th- Iron Man 3, Doctor Strange... No, no, no Doctor um, Strange was great. I've watched no, it a bunch no, of times since. Uh, I very much Incredible Hulk. No, but Even see, Captain America 1... Bullshit, yeah, no, you've you've Maddie. always you've just Maddie's described to me, and I've never I've never reacted to it. I've never I've never counter argued because we weren't having an argument. You were just making a point, and I was mm. like, "That's interesting." It was you said it was a movie we had to have? It's no one's favorite, but we had to have it. And yeah. I was like, "No, I really love Captain." America. I yeah. I really liked Iron Man. I was like, "This before the MCU was a thing." Iron Man one, I was like, "Yeah, that was cool." Iron Man's never been my favorite character. That was cool. Yeah. Iron Man two was when I was like, "Whoa, okay, this is becoming something." I really like this. Yeah. Captain America 1 and Thor 1, I fell asleep during both of those. Dear God. Mm. I I would take Captain Marvel (laughs) over either of those films in a heartbeat. I love Captain America from the start up until he gets his juice and there's that cool barefoot chase scene. Yep. After that, I can switch it off. Wow. Mm. It actually does tend to really fly it, by it after that It turns into the aviator after that for me. And yeah, I'm okay. like, uh, I can't. I see your point. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, though, that, that, that song, that was actually where it first hit me, where I was like, oh, this is the first Big Bang girl thing. But it's called I'm Just a Girl. So mm. I'm just a simpleton. It's like they said, girl, it's a girl thing. But I think, too, for me, really, was that it was another 90s hit. It was like, did we need a song there, or do we need some score? It was mm. more about the songs than it was the score. And I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell you the score of this film at Me all. Me neither, but I can, um, I can tell you, there's garbage only happen when it rains. Yeah, I know yeah. that there's TLC so, waterfalls. In so Desiree, oh, you no were doubt. busting out the lyrics for TLC. Don't, don't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah, and God, then even, cool. um, even during the garbage, your girlfriend Sarah turned to me and she goes, "Are you singing along to this?" I think she just did. She never heard the song. I don't think before. And no, she was I just, just like, don't think she's had that much fun while watching a movie before. Like now she's. <laughs> Realizing how awesome it can be. Yeah. yeah bro. I'll sing along to them all. That's all I. Yeah. Oh, mate. When, I mean, Nirvana, when Nirvana Come As You Are came on, yeah. that was an. I was foot tapping like a mofo. I just missed like, the REM ding, song, though. When I noticed um, in the end credits when we were waiting for the for the little uh, bonus scene, uh, there was an REM song in there, and I totally missed that. So I think that might have been in one of the flashbacks when she was remembering the bar and stuff like that, but I totally missed the REM song. Yeah okay yeah it was oh, it was a it was a great soundtrack it, like mm. I I remember buying the Guardians one I would probably buy this I mean as much as I love eighties more than I love oh mate those the are 90s all on my pot already I don't but, need to yeah <laughs> but yeah that <laughs> but yeah that that did hit me but I think it was because I was noticing every nineties reference and that there was just like mm. oh, of course we needed a song and of course we needed a nineties reference and it was just two in one and then also the big sort of crescendo the mark where we hit the chorus didn't match visually like the baby yeah. like hold your hand and I'm just that was when you really needed her to like punch the floor and send it an energy blast instead it was Korath Diamond Honsu jumping from a platform and hitting the ground and her just sort of smacking him away it wasn't this big 
smackdown, like bang, hit it. Because I love, I love when when footage is edited perfectly to music like that, and the mm. difference of a frame yeah. can make all the difference in the world. Yep. Huge. And that for me, really, like, that fight scene really sums up my feelings with a lot of the action in this movie. I could take a leave a lot of it. Like there was no, there's no key moment, no key action scene. Mm. In this whole movie, that I'd be like, that's the one I'm going to go back and watch. You said Lemurian Star for Captain America: Winter Soldier. I could go back and watch it, just watch him tear down those first three people. Oh, or yeah. Different. I mean, that movie had a lot of different moments. The the the, the bike, the shield, and the and the Quinjet when he first tr- escapes yeah. Shield. Different moments like that through a lot of these different films. You can pick out that was my favorite action scene. I know the shot that I love the most from this movie, and that was when she tore through the Cree warship, the the accuser. Mm. and was then essentially swimming as her lightning energy fists oh, were just yeah. destroying the ship. Yeah. And then we threw cut a to bulkhead, outside, threw a bulkhead, threw a bulkhead. And you just saw it exploding from left to right. I'm like, yeah. that's a cool shot. Yeah. That was cool. But other than that, there's no real big like, oh, God, that was a good fight scene. I'll have to go back and see it again before I get to that point. But yeah, because she is so powerful, she doesn't... It's it's weird. She, there's a lot of hand-to-hand comment at the start, like mm. when she was training with Yon Rog. That was, that was really good. But once she kind of powers up, she doesn't need to be so articulate with her movements. Mm. She can just kind of, you know, do whatever she needs to do. I did miss, they have changed her powers a little bit. I did miss, normally with with um, Carol Danvers, it's, she can absorb energy blasts as well, very much like Bishop from the X-Men. Ah, cool. Like, say, for example, like Thor hits her with a lightning blast. She can absorb that and it, like, ah, charges her up. Yoda style. And she, can just, <laughs> and she can just blast that back. Yeah. I did love that they were really um, on top of it with her closed fist blast. It wasn't yep. coming yep. out of her palms. It was closed fist, which was really, really sort of accurate. And then I did love right at the end, and I don't know if any of you guys heard it, Sarah might have, but as like Yon Rog's like, he, he was doing his little throwback to the start of the film, and he's like, you can't control yourself, you can't beat me without your blasts, blah, blah, blah. He's like trying to get like go to into like this one-on-one fight. up big time. Yeah, and I'm gonna... just there going, in my, I'm just over and over, I'm just going, she's going to Indiana Jones it, she's going to Indiana Jones it, she's going to Indiana Jones it. <laughs> I she's... heard the words Indiana Jones. I and did. I knew Sarah <laughs> would know what that reference was because she was like, and sure enough, she did. She just Indiana Jones did it yeah. and just boom, blew him across the room. It was such a mic drop, wasn't it? Yeah. She yeah, it was absolutely so good. Owned and, him. and that was a great sort of counter to what you guys were pointing out before where she made that statement, I don't need to prove anything to you. Mm. And yeah, I was like, yeah. that's cool. Like you don't need her to come out and, and make these again, social justice type messages. You don't need to preach. But that moment where he's like, you're not going to ever be the best you can be. You won't ever really know unless you fight me without your powers. You are boom. She's like, dude, I did, I, I've just done everything I've just done. Yeah. I don't need to you prove anything to you. And then gives her a hand and you're like, wow, she's actually going to pick it up and then she drags his ass back to the but ship. But that line yeah. brought, awesome. e- brought everything back down to earth. Yes, yes, yes. Pardon the pun. Like yeah. it actually brought it. it, it and, I, know, and, I heard a lull in the cinema. Like yes. they're just like, Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, you're mm. right. And my girlfriend, like, it was so funny because as soon as she goes, I don't need to prove anything to you, my girlfriend. Just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that moment, like, you go, girl, kind of thing. But there was, it was that line and the line that Ben Mendelsohn says where she goes, I'm so sorry for what yeah. I've done to you. And he goes, We've all got blood on our hands. Mm. Those were the two lines for me that stood out the most. Is because they didn't force them down your throat, but they were lines that you they they fit in so well with the story. Mm. But in they like. They just work. Yeah. And it's a you great know, analogy. You could A soldier saying, we've all got blood on our hands right? and you know, you're sorry, I'm sorry, we've, we're, we're not proud of what we've done. Yeah. And then for her to say, I don't have to prove anything to you was just another moment of strength. Yeah. It's the way good sci-fi kind of opens your mind. It's yes. like you, you can apply this Captain Marvel filter to modern day things that are happening. It's like, you know, with, yep. with two sides against each other, it's like, 
yeah, they've both got blood on their hands, but mm-hmm. they're both doing the, what they what they think they're doing is the right thing, mm. you know. And you've got you've got to understand that. Can Sometimes I, they're just yeah they they're being they've been doctrinated to what they what they believe is the right thing or they're forcibly yeah like sometimes they have no choice whatever it may be yeah they they a lot of the time they don't they don't want to be where they are mm. they don't want to be doing the things that they're doing and um yeah it was it was just really cool and then Chuck's in the coordinates and he's like you pl-, he's like pleading with her after that and it was so cool to see that changing character for um what's his name Rog Yon Rog Yon Rog. It was so cool to see that change because throughout the whole movie, he was so sure of himself. He was so confident, mm. suave, and he had that, you know, he was, a, he was a warrior, but he was his own leader, but there was just that something missing. And then you see it at the very end. After she's beaten him, he pleads with her, please don't make me go back there. And that whole time, this whole yeah. thing is like, he, know, he knew how powerful she was. And now he's just like, I, I can't go back there. And you go, there's that coward in you. Yeah. And then she's just sort of like, you're not going back. You're going to tell them a message. Da, da, da. Sends them back. Bang, you're off. And- I was hoping she'd get that ship because I did see, I did see uh, just prior to the film, um, I did see on Instagram, like there were shots from the premiere in, in the States and they did have one of those little ships oh, there nice. and like Brie Larson and all the cast are in front of those yeah. and it was all painted up in her colors. Yeah, right. And then with like some scratches and stuff. And I was like, because... In a lot of the cartoons and stuff like that, you know, she has she has a plane, like she because she's a pilot. She has, and that's why, like the old the old um, you'll see here in some of the figures I've got, the old um, Ms. Marvel has like a scarf or a sash, and it's right. kind of a piloty kind of thing. I thought she was going to get, and that's the ship that she was going to leave on. I didn't realize she was going to just be like, you know, flying through space mm. on her own. I mean, that's she must be pretty confident in her powers. To think, okay, well, I've I've defeated all <clears> these <throat> ships. Sure, now I've got enough energy to, you know take on interstellar flight yeah. and just, you know, but she did go with the Kree ship. So maybe she'll, um, she did, but she took off on her own and she was like this little bloody ball of supernova, mm. which was awesome. Now I, you've just reminded me of something and I want, I want to know what you lads have to say about this is because you just pulled out that and you said in, uh, in some other costume, she's always had a scarf. Now we see in infinity war, the big Hulk version of the bad guys. Yeah. He um, has Cull obsidian, that guy, now, if you like, for for those who haven't yet seen it, and I had to be made aware because I saw the thing on on Facebook, and I was like, oh wow! So I went back and watched it and realized that it was one hundred percent accurate. Um, now, Cole Obsidian, when uh, they first meet Doctor Strange, Tony Stark, one uh, and uh, Bruce Banner. Now, when they're in New York and they hop down, there's the dude that's just like can do everything magically with his hands. He's he's uh, what do you call it? Um, um, oh, Ebony, Ebony Moore. That's it. They've all because they've all got black in their name. Oh, uh, Proxima Midnight, Carl uh, Obsidian. Obsidian is black. Yep, yep. Um, Ebony. What would we just say? Ebony Moore. Ebony being black. Wow. And then Corvus Glaive. I think. I think Corvus is black in that situation because Glaive is the weapon, mm-hmm. and I think Corvus might be black in Latin or something like that. Because they're, so, they're the Black Order. So it's the and oh right, so it's the entrance of Ebony, Moore. Ebony Moore and Cull Obsidian. Right, and you see on Cull Obsidian's more or less belt, he's got a scarf hanging off yeah. with the colours and the symbol of yeah, Captain like Marvel. the red, the red and blue what? with the little gold bit. You check it out; it's there, and and you can't yeah get yeah. it up and go. It's just like. What the hell? How did he get that? How is he still alive if he was able to get that? So they were throwing that out going, wow, so maybe mm. he's had a fight with Captain Marvel and survived. Mm. And wow, you know, it would take something pretty powerful to survive a fight with Captain Marvel, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, um, but then obviously he dies at the end. And but if he fought the Hulk, he'd get his ass kicked, but he had to fight it in the Iron Man suit. Now, <laughs> rookie, can I say something that might be a little bit unpopular in this room? Based off at least one of your reactions, 
last night. Oh, wow, there's the Captain Marvel. Th- wow, okay. I'm going to go back and rewatch that scene now. Oh, if you make me watch Infinity oh, War again. Just the, just the one scene then, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just stick it on for 15 minutes and two hours. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, based off re- your reactions last night to this particular moment, it might be an unpopular opinion. I'm not a fan of that being how Fury lost his eye. At all. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I'm... Yeah. I'm 50-50 on it. They said going into the... I think they said, yeah, you'll find it. He he starts off with two eyes. Everyone just assumed you would find... Like, he doesn't have to. He didn't have to. You didn't have to see that in this movie. I um I did actually call it as we're going into the movie. I said to um John, who was, who was there with us, um Savage, I did say to him, because um, we were talking about the cat, and I knew going in that the cat wasn't just a cat. Mm. And I said, I bet you that's how Fury loses his eye, mm. just because it is kind of like three scratch marks. Yeah. And John's like, nah, no way. And I was like, oh, I reckon it could be the way to go. And sure enough, boom, there it was. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of theories I read were were more about the fact that there are scrolls and that he would trust whether it be, would end up being Colson, his boss. Mm. A scroll would impersonate someone that he knows and loves and would attack him and mm-hmm. that's how he'd lose his eye because then that pays off his line from Winter Soldier where he's like last time I trusted someone I lost an eye Yeah. now it's like he's just talking to a cat yeah. the cat that had been nothing but nice to him and completely unthreatening protective of him and it was a nothing scene like we had the, the Captain Marvel stuff as she sort of waves off Jude Law and then you had the scene in the house but in the middle of that you have Maria and Sam Jackson and the cat on, um, you know, quad jet prototype thing. And he's like, hey, he's a cute boy. He's a beautiful kitty, kitty, kitty. Oh, look, aren't you so beautiful? Stuff he's already done a thousand times. We don't need to see it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then just out of nowhere, the thing that had never been threatening to him scratches his eye. And he's like, ah, oh, damn it. And almost as a member of the audience, Ben Mendelssohn's Talos go, no. Because that was almost what half the audience did. It was like, you scratch the eye. Oh, that's the guy with the eye patch. You look, no, that was how he did it. And I'm like, why would why would Talos, the scroll, react to him just getting what seemed like it was just another flesh wound? Had he not have damaged his eye in the car accident at the start where they're like, how's your eye? And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. You're like, oh, thank God. I thought that was how he was going to lose his eye. And then later on, he's just like, scratch and he's like oh your mother and I'm like oh that still doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal it was only later where they're like oh look at that and then Colson bringing in fake eyes I'm like are you joking that's how he yeah. lost his eye oh, I, like, I wanted it something a much more I bought it as Talos like knew that if you get scratched by one of those things it like kills the he, that's why he was like oh no he's like he, yeah. he knew that that little scratch could be really, really deadly. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. how I maybe sort of I, I just, yeah. but yeah, I get it. If, you know, because you didn't need it, but at the same time, when are we going to see a, a Nick Fury post ninety five pre two thousand and eight again? Yeah, that we're going to get to explain it. You don't need to explain it. It's kind of a cool backstory. Mm. The, the idea of Nick Fury is that his backstory is up until this point so mysterious. Yeah. We get a lot of backstory in this movie, but mm. a lot of it too we don't hear at the same time. I think it plays in a bit to the the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, and mm. there's always that, you know, things aren't as dramatic and crazy as they seem. It's actually quite mundane, mm. but there's a lot of these cover stories and things like that. So I do like the fact that it's like, yeah, he just got scratched in the eye by a, by, yeah. by essentially a cat. And, you know, it but could the story a... is, oh, he got shot by a Kree or a Kree, yeah. uh, Skrull, 
blah, 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 blah. And that's this big story that everyone tells. Yeah. So and I, it could I be a good line. That. Him going, oh, last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. It's like, shit, what's that story? You don't need to know. Yeah. It, was, it was a little kitty. Okay. Yeah. That makes me a little bit better. But at the same time, I think just as a payoff in the film where it was a scene quite clearly didn't need to be there. Because it was after this big payoff with Marvel and Jude Law and then pre the climactic sort of epilogue of the film where they're in the house having dinner together. It was just thrown in there. It was like it was... Yeah, it was, it was a bit lazy. Yeah. yeah. I think you could you could have that scene or you could have Goose throwing up the Tesseract. You couldn't have both. Mm. I think both was a bit much. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, even that, I thought going... Once we'd seen the Avengers post-credit thing, which we will touch on quickly soon, um, I'm like, oh, well, the, the next... The, the, the post-credits is going to be such a letdown. It's going to be nothing. <laughs> I bet it's got to do with the bloody cat. And then it was, but I ended up liking it more than what I thought I would going in. Um, the other bit, actually, was the post-credit scene. Because I thought when it pops up and it's like the, the pager, I'm like, oh, this is going to be... Um, Captain Marvel. Wherever I thought, she's going I thought to be. she had a copy and she was receiving it. That's what I yeah. thought it was going to be. I thought we we're going to see her, whether people get dusted around her or she is just in a ship somewhere in it, like God, in an office, you know, her little hideout, and then it just beeps and she looks at it and, goes, and just busts Takes off. Takes off, yeah. That would have been great. That's mm. fine. But then all of a sudden you see Captain America and I'm like, oh shit, okay, cool. They've found this. Why would they even think it's important? They clearly did because Fury had it. How would you know? He's dust on the ground. How do you even know it's him? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And Who you know cares? It's but then it's like, it stopped, put more battery into it. You know, like, you got all these mm. Avengers. It's quite clearly a cut scene from the movie. Mm. And it's like, Will you let me know the second that it starts beeping again or anything? And then all of a sudden she's there. She's like, where's Fury? And I'm like, oh, don't tell me that's your arrival into the film. Because that just seems so underwhelming to me as well, really. Like, mm. where you could have... Uh, it might not be as underwhelming if that if you see it in the context of the film. Yes. But I think as a teaser scene where it's like, here's a bit of the Avengers. And you're like, oh, shit. Then she's like, where's Fury? Now, if you're right into Captain Marvel, you've just seen the movie and it's changed your life, you're going to be like, oh, shit, Thanos, you are going to get your ass handed to you. She's going to tell you a new one. But I just think is like, I think that, you know, the, the second coming, basically, of, of Captain Marvel, the most powerful character in the Marvel universe, she just like, got, like ninjas behind him is like, hey, where's the guy that owned that? she will return in Avengers Endgame. Like, oh. mm. So I'm hoping we do get a scene before that in Endgame, maybe at the start where she does receive it. Yeah. But we do get to see her before that arrival. Otherwise, I think that's a bit of a yeah, well, overwhelming... Yeah, but Marvel have a good... A good they have a good um, track record of putting up stuff like that out of context and you kind of go, oh, crap. Well, no, that's actually my point is that they do have great precedent for um, uh, for great post-credit scenes. I know you're a big fan of um, the one at the end of Ant-Man where they teased the Civil War. Yes. That you've just fallen in love with Ant-Man. Yeah. Fallen in love with Ant-Man. Ant-Man's so funny. Ant-Man's so great. And even though you could have a great superhero of a guy that grew and just shrunk and whatever, that's cool. He's awesome. What else can he do? Hang on, what? Captain America? What? Winter Soldier? What? what? Falcon? has got his arm Falcon's caught in something. What the hell's going on? Holy shit, we're seeing a Civil War yeah, scene. Yep, yep. And then right at the end, it's like, we're done. We've got no help. We wish we had help. Tony won't help us. You're like, why yeah, won't why? Tony help? Yeah. Oh my God, what what's going, going on? on with this? And then Falcon, who you've just seen in Ant-Man going, I know a guy. Like, oh <laughs> shit, he's talking about that guy that we just saw a movie on. Like, I think that was a that was the better version of what they just tried to do with this. And I feel like it should be better because it is Endgame. Like, mm. we are all salivating over the idea of Endgame. I was just happy to see Cap. They could have omitted Brie Larson from that end credit sequence and I would have been fine with that. Mm. Just having her rock up being like, where's Fury? Mm. Didn't even need that part. Mm. Just the, them, them futzing with the pager was all I needed. 
In my opinion, they've done pretty well so far. I trust mm. them. Oh, no, I trust <laughs> nah. them. I trust them, absolutely. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Um, and then I get to a lesser extent uh, was actually the delivery of the pager. Like, it's kind of like, well, we don't know whether we're going to have these two characters meet again, so we better do it to them now, and then we can just bring her to the future and we never have to tell another story between 95 and 2018 or whatever. Mm. It was a not as bad, but a bit Revenge of the Sithy sort of just quick tying up all the loose ends. Like you think about the end of Revenge of the yeah. Sith with like the last twelve minutes. It's like, oh, um, You've had three movies. She's to do fine. It and you did she, it in the last twelve minutes. She, yeah, she she got knocked unconscious. Oh, what happened? Oh, she's dying of a broken heart. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she has to be dead before a new hope because yeah. Leia doesn't remember her mother very much. What are you going to do with the kids? Oh, um, uh, Luke. Where's that name come from? Why is it the only human name in this entire galaxy? Don't worry about it. What's the girl's name? Leia. Why? Why? Why are you picking these really non-Star Wars names? Put it in machine. Yeah. Where are they going to go? Oh, I'm going to take him to his home planet. Why? Oh, Yoda, where are you going? Exile. I must go. Happening the exact same moment that he's being turned into Darth Vader. Mm. Jimmy Smith. What's happened with you? Oh, we've always wanted a daughter. Have you? Since when? You've never mentioned that you were even married. Oh, we just do because she needs to go to Alderaan. And Mm. no, thank. They just wrapped up that entire, all the loose ends of that movie. What they probably should have done was, you know, having episodes two and three be the trilogy, space them out. Um, But at least, like, Revenge is here. As much as I like it and I can enjoy it, that last 12 minutes just always pisses me off because they just tie up every loose end that you expected to take a movie or two into a tight little 10 minutes. And (laughs) some of it's just like, it's just so forced. And Mm. so the whole page, like, they're sitting there, they're washing up dishes, they're talking about life and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, here, fixed it. Only call me in emergencies. Now, that sort of references what fans are always pissed off about. It's like, why were you there at the Battle of New York? Why weren't you there when an yes. evil AI was taking over the planet? Yeah. Um, why weren't you there when the thing that happened that no one refers to because they wrote it in retroactively uh, in Guardians 2 that was set three years yeah. earlier before Ultron where this big like blob was taking over the planet and going to destroy all life? Like, why is he not called her yet? I almost want a scene in Avengers now. I hadn't thought about it before now. I just thought it was the fact that he goes, well, no, she'll be right. We've got this. I want a scene where he if he comes back or they're like, why haven't you come now? This is a scene where we know that, that Fury has either tried to reach her or she has actually been unable mm. to come. Something. You're going to need that. Like, I get it's wonderful you're writing this story and setting her origin in 1995. But if then you have Fury in 2018 call her because he knows that she's the last weapon they've got and he'll only call her seemingly in an emergency... Where has she been for the last 23 years? At mm. least where she's been in the last 11 when all this other shit's been going down. Yeah. And did they, and obviously looking exactly the same, did they, I remember seeing it in a trailer, but did they cut it from the film where um, Annette Benning mm. um, talks about, oh, your increased strength and not aging and blah, 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 when she is the supreme intelligence? I think she says that in a trailer, but I don't You're remember. Right. I have no I don't memory, remember them but... saying it in the film. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, Brie Larson's going to look exactly the same now as she did in 1995. Well, 1989 even. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, yeah, it's obviously got something to do with her power or something and maybe they'll maybe mm. they'll just never reference it it's just be a thing that you have to assume and that's and that's the other thing it's probably it's it's more of a marvel thing in general is that they seem almost afraid of using their alter egos their their name their superhero names yeah scarlet witch is never referred to as scarlet witch black widow 
I don't think he's ever really been referred to as Black Widow. No. They've referred to Hawkeye as the Hawk. Yeah. Um, Iron Man only gets Iron Man from people that don't talk to him very often. He's always Tony. He's always Stark. Yeah. Captain America gets a Captain. Thor is Thor. But he really gets Rogers. Cap- some people. No, he gets of- Captain America from people that admire him, and such as Ant Man when he sees him. Like, Captain yeah. America. Well, and like, that yeah. was a, that was a title given to him by like the USO. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Captain Marvel. They're like, oh, um, Marvel, and and they go, oh, Ma-, and then Samuel Jackson goes, oh, so Marvel. She's it's Marvel. He goes, yeah, it's what I said. Marvel sounds better. It's like, oh, that's where she's just going to adopt that name. Why she gives herself the rank of captain, I don't know. But they will probably never, ever bring that up. Was she already a captain? Like a U.S. Air Force captain? Captain's pretty high, though. Like, it's pretty big rank. Can... Nah, that was, that's only one up from lieutenant. That was that was Carter in, like, season one of SG-1. Oh, geez, we're crossing yeah, universes here. Still, in yeah, but she's still with no enough idea. clearance to be in the most secure facility on the planet. Uh, yeah. Mm. Cap- yeah okay. It's like lieutenant, then captain, then major. Okay, I don't know ranks. In, as far as the US Air Force is concerned. Yeah, okay. Well, that would be cool too. Ensign's, ensign's lower than that, but Ensign's for the Navy. Mm. So I don't think there's an, like, a version of Ensign in, in the Air Force. I don't need a moment where she turns around and she's, I am Captain Marvel. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think they'll ever refer to her as Captain Marvel. It'll just be a thing that you... She'll be called Captain because I know in the cartoons and stuff like that, Captain America and Captain Marvel like Captain. Captain. That oh, I was fun. about to say that'd be a little and bit then, of frustrating for like Captain America. He's he's yeah. always been so selfless, but now start, they can start calling other people well, Captain. In, He'll in get a little the bit cartoons, like a piss off. That's it. I'm dying. I'm getting written out of this franchise. See ya. <laughs> in a lot of the cartoons, they don't get along because Captain Captain America is so much about the team, and Captain Marvel kind of does her own thing. Mm. And else she should be doing. Lone wolf. By the time we get to Endgame, she'll have been doing that for the last twenty years, just doing her own thing. Um, but they do have this begrudging respect because it's like she calls him Army, he calls her Air Force. Oh, so it's like cool. Army, Air Force. Oh, no, that's cool. So I hope that I hope they tie into that kind of stuff. Yeah. But why did couldn't she? Why could she breathe in space at the end? I don't understand that. She well, the same reason that Thor no, could when he was when? Uh, which when right at the end of the film. No, was the very oh, she was rising up. And... Yeah, and she had the cool flowy well, look, hair. You know, oh, okay. we, we could go oh, into that, powers, but that's mate. the same thing as in uh, as in Avengers: Infinity War. Because when powers. they have to get the uh, the the forge started again, um, that mm. that creates the the powerful Asgardian weapons mm. with uh, the dwarf and stuff in it. Yeah, that's frozen. And Thor is out there in the middle of nowhere getting it started again because he's, he's broken the rings off the ice and all that kind of stuff, but then the thing that holds it open breaks. So it closes yeah. and he has to hold it open doing the big muscle man pose. He's there standing there and, um, the, the, dwarf, yeah, and the dwarf says, oh, you know, you're about to take the full uh, force of a star. It'll kill you. And he's sitting there going, only if I die. And he's breathing. And it's like, what are you breathing? And there's bits of particles floating around you. <laughs> he's Asgardian. How are you breathing? Oxygen. He's Asgardian, mate. Yeah. It totally doesn't different. matter. Is he like Superman? Like, he, he can breathe if he wants to, but, but he's sitting there to. taking a bit. And even yeah. when, like, uh, uh, just before that, when he has to get started, he's like, more power, rabbit. And they're like, go. And he's sitting there straining and breathing and shit. And you're like, okay, I just need to know how. He's as Guardian. That's and all you need to know. If maybe they've given him one of the things from Guardians of the Galaxy, the little breathe mask thing that they mm, gave yeah. him, especially well, the Well, that was my only thing with Carol, Carol okay. Danvers is earlier in the film, they did have that mask. Yes, she had a mask on automatically. with the cool CG little thing mm. over, over the face part. Yeah. And I never um, got sick of seeing her hair just like explode out when the mask out of the was like, That yeah. looks so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, right at the end, just before she's about to leave, she's like floating up there in her jacket that she just got from Photon and... Yeah, she's got no coverage on her face whatsoever. Yeah. And then she takes off. But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's a movie. And we get to see her all over again in, like, seven weeks. Like, uh, this is so cool. So exciting. <laughs> like, we're going to, we'll, you know what? We can go see this again. 
right before we go and see Endgame. Like, that's the Boom. world we live in. Last year, I almost did that. I saw Black Panther like four days before Infinity War came out. It was <laughs> still just out. This one, you're going to be able to do a double feature. So we're back here again in just a couple of weeks' time to talk Avengers, Endgame, get the full Captain Woo! Marvel wrap-up all over again with every other character out there. The undusting, who knows what's going to happen. We'll be back to cover it. In the meantime, check out uh, all of our Get Into Geek chats uh, as we are talking about before. Maddie and I do Marvel TV. We're talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, outside of the MCU, we're talking Gifted, so Fox's uh, X-Men TV series, and everything else we've got uh, going on on Get Into Geek. We have Tease Get Into Gate, our other podcast that we feature on talking Stargate SG-1. That's all we're talking about. Nothing else but Stargate, and uh, you can check us out well, there on the Get Into Gate. Well, okay, sure. That's, a, that's an in-joke. You can find us out there. <laughs> the concept is around Stargate SG-1, so you can check us all out on that podcast as well. Otherwise, get in touch. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Get Into Geek. Drop us a long form line. Give your own review and thoughts ask us some questions get into geek at gmail.com otherwise i'm mitch underscore lewis on twitter and instagram maddie where you at at high pitch maddie and lincoln link underscore lewis just let's let's just all just talk socially and just gear up because oh, start the hype train jump on the hype train Shit, for avengers endgame we'll be back in like uh yeah six or seven weeks to talk that so go and see captain marvel Yew! thumbs up from from us whatever that's worth hells yeah go and enjoy it of course you have enjoyed it because you've already seen it you've listening to the spoilers podcast you know what i mean we'll catch ah. you in a few weeks for avengers bye get into geek.com